Hi everyone. Hey there. This is Holly. And Daniel. And welcome to Halfway Saints. Usually you say you're listening to Halfway Saints. Well, welcome is better. <laughs> oh, okay. Because <laughs> people weren't feeling welcome. They're like, what, I just wander in here? Yeah, you gotta let them in, you know? Knock, <laughs> knock and the door shall be opened. Yes. Yes. Whatever. I know. <laughs> We're terrible at the introductions. One of us is terrible hey, at introductions. Hey. I knew you were going to say something mean. I I have never said anything mean about you, ever. I have so much evidence to con- <laughs> contradict that. Mm-mm. It's all fabricated. Holly goes back in and adds in like little snippy things I say. I actually don't say any of those. How would I get the audio? I don't know. I record you. I don't know. How do, how do you get it, <laughs> oh Holly? Oh, my gosh. She follows me around and records different words and puts them all together. No. No. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> um, but we hope that everyone had a great week. Mm-hmm. Um, was anything exciting last week? Columbus last week. Day. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that is exciting. That's, pre- that's pretty much the highlight of my year. After that, <laughs> just downhill. Yeah, I mean, Columbus Day was exciting. I didn't know, like, people still celebrated it like i don't think i ever got off from work or school prior to this year well you didn't get off this year well the they didn't have school but we had the service oh right you had the in service day yeah um yeah but i didn't know people still celebrated it yeah figured maybe in in ohio they would there's because because of columbus ohio oh that's a good one (laughs) i was just gonna breeze past it because i didn't get it (laughs) just nod and laugh Mm -hmm. nod and laugh Mm -hmm. um but there's some state that doesn't celebrate it because it's offensive. I think Seattle or Washington, one of the, what? Oh, so Seattle's no, a I saw, city. I don't, I don't know if it's the whole city or the whole state or just the city. Oh. One of the Northwest states recently did mm. something, or they changed the name of it. Hmm. It's now like Indigenous People's Day in one of those cities. Oh, all right, whatever. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's fine. <laughs> um, but yeah, um... Today, actually, um, we before we podcast, we usually pray. And at the end, we do a little short litany of um, saints that we love, that um, particularly those who are patrons of families and have special meaning to us. And usually, we, we pray, Blessed Louis and Zaley Martin, pray for us. But today, we got to say Saints, saints. Louis and Zaley Martin, because they're canonized today by I Pope know. Francis. Big day in heaven. It is. It was the first time that a married couple had been canonized together. Which is awesome. Which is awesome. It is awesome. Because they called each other holiness. And then they had all these religious daughters. They did. Yeah. And they had, um, like, a lot of children die Mm -hmm. in infancy. Like, they went through, they had a real life, and they strived for holiness the whole time. They did. And that's, that's what we're, that's our mission as married people. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like that's all we have to do, but it's like a very daunting thing. I feel like that's Christianity in a nutshell. Like, all you have to do is give yourself totally. Like, yeah. it's simple and super complicated and complex all at the same time. It's true. That is what it is. Yeah. Like our lives. Super simple yet totally complicated all the time. Yeah. Like, our weekend uh, supposed to be very simple, but it turned out to be very busy. Mm-hmm. And exhausting. <laughs> it wasn't Saturday was busy. Well, Friday was busy too. I didn't get home till later. Oh yeah, Friday was busy. Mm-hmm. But Saturday we got to do go to a 
town. <laughs> we went to town. We went to a neighborhood in Philadelphia that we really yes, love. That the whole neighborhood is transformed to Harry Potter versions of itself. So, like, the bank becomes Gringotts Bank. Mm-hmm. And uh, the toy store becomes, like, Weasley's Toy Shop or whatever the wand. name is. It's a bunch of W's. Weasley's Wizardy. It probably has Wizard or one. <laughs> but yeah, the whole the whole neighborhood. There's a college there that does a collegiate Quidditch tournament. Which people like travel to. Yeah. It's like legit. And that's at the college. And then like on the main street through the neighborhood, um, all the shops like do different things for Harry Potter and they have um, people dress up and mm-hmm. there's lots of different fun things to do and they sell. You can buy your wand. You can see an owl. <laughs> Sounds so exciting when you say. It's not going to deliver mail for you, but no, yeah. But it was fun. We've been we've gone like for the past four years. We've gone every year since we've lived here. Did yeah. you go the first year? I don't know. That's why I said. That. I know, but um, yeah. So that with a stroller and a little baby who sometimes gets a little fussy sometimes. It was a little crazy mm-hmm. with a lot of people. Yeah, there's a lot of people there. And mm-hmm. for, we're trying to figure out why they don't close down that street because people are just like packed on the sidewalks and right. you can't really get through. And people, I was getting so frustrated because all the like restaurants and stores put stuff on the sidewalk. Mm-hmm. It really slows down traffic. I mean, it does. really. <laughs> but it was fun. It was a little cold. We were going to dress Jack up as Dobby. Yeah. The house elf. It was so fun. But it was like. 50 degrees and we're like people are gonna give us looks that we have from walking around in like a pillowcase with a rope tied around his waist <laughs> in one sock in one sock yeah but then we got totally showed up by a little boy who um had a like crocheted hat that had dobby ears you know after us after i said that they may have been yoda ears that they because oh, they would be green uh they were i don't no, know they were tan okay those were dobby ears okay. no doubt about it <laughs> okay Oh, I knew you were going to say that about Yoda, and I was like, mm, 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 They have, you know, I don't care if it's controversial. They have similar ears. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Team Dobby. <laughs> um, but we, so we had a fun but busy weekend. Yes, yes. Yeah. And Jack really did have a good time. And he got to be with his friend Stella. Mm-hmm. So it was so great. It was good. It was everyone, a great time. Everyone had fun. Mm-hmm. I just love... Harry Potter just gets me really excited. <laughs> <laughs> it just like it's like very nostalgic for whatever reason. Like the music is just so. The movies are well done. I've never read the books, um, but all the movies are very well done. Mm-hmm. When Jack's old enough, maybe I'll read the books with him. Like read them to yeah. him, but only like the first four because then they get very dark. Very dark and very fast. Yeah, you can only read like the first three before you're like, oh, sorry, you gotta be twelve and up to (laughs) read the rest. Because everyone starts dying. Yeah. Yeah, but I don't know. We'll we'll gotta learn about death sometime. Oh boy, we'll discern later. Okay. okay. When to start reading? Right. Major life decision here is when to start reading Harry Potter to Mm. Jack. We should start with the Hobbit though. Oh. (laughs) <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. Excuse me. <laughs> I just took way too big of a breath. <laughs> I didn't mean to discount what you were saying. Uh-huh. Yeah, go on. Yeah, that was it. I think oh, we okay. should start with The Hobbit. <laughs> okay. But The Hobbit, yeah, that's, um, it's pretty, you can read it at, like, surface level and then later in life, like, go deeper with it. Yeah. I'm talking about The Hobbit, not The Lord of the Rings. 
I know. I'm trying to remember the movie. <laughs> That's all I remember. I read it the in movies, middle school. You read The Hobbit in middle school? Yeah. And you don't remember it? Nope. Shame on you. I know. Yeah. No, yeah. don't don't try to remember anything. <laughs> I can see the... I always tell Holly I see the hamster turning when she's thinking of something. Running that little wheel inside. Yeah, he was running pretty hard. So. <laughs> <laughs> I was just going to say I remember like the map in the beginning. That's it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, so busy week, but it's good to be back. We're focused, ready to ready to go for this coming Start week. Start a new week. Mm-hmm. Here we go. Um, so something, I think, I thought it was recently, but it must have been two weeks ago, or at least two weeks ago, because it was, um, I was at Adoration on Thursday night, so it must have been two weeks oh, ago, because yeah. we alternate. Um, and I was, I actually took our own advice. Remember on the, um, one of our podcasts, we talked about, um, the mysteries of the rosary and like, um, if you're not able to like sit down and pray a rosary, maybe just like meditate on the mysteries. Mm. And so I was like, I'll take this time to really focus on each mystery. Cause when you're praying a rosary, you only, you only have a decade to think oh, about geez. it. <laughs> no, you only, you're only on each, uh, mystery for a decade. So I was like, well, I wanted to do like a, um, extended kind of meditation on each mystery. And it was, um, I was doing the Sorrowful Mysteries, and there was one, one of them is, um, Jesus is condemned to death. And so I was reading through, um, the Gospel of John, where that scene is, and I reread the part where Jesus is, um, speaking with Pontius Pilate, and I noticed this really odd part of it, and Jesus, um, Pontius Pilate is asking him, are you the king of the Jews? And Jesus responds, you say that I am. And they have this back and forth. And then Jesus um, says something along the lines of, like, for this I came, was born into the world to um, to bear witness to the truth. And Pontius Pilate's response is, what is truth? And then that section ends. And yeah, then it just stops. I think he either, like, sends them out or he sends them to be flogged or something. It, it like, moves to Pontius talking to the... Uh... Pontius Pilate. <laughs> what a first name. <laughs> you know, funny, funny story um, that shows my ignorance. When I was, um, I guess when I was first, like, getting into my faith and reading scripture, I thought it was um, Pontius Pilate. <laughs> oh, Pontius Pilate. <laughs> oh, man. Don't. Hey, that is how Did you, you pronounce. Did you the creed? I wasn't going to mass. Oh, you It was in, like, yet. high school. Oh, man. Yeah. Pontius Pilate. Oh my gosh. I wonder if he does Pilates. I don't think so. Oh, that was cheap. Um, oh man, what was I saying? But then it, it just stops and it moves to Pontius yeah. Pilate say, just talking to the crowd. He goes out to the crowds. Right. Yeah. And so I just thought that was really odd because I never noticed it before that it's like he has this like uh, college freshman moment where he's like, but what is the truth? <laughs> what is that thing that you always say to me when I say like, what is that? And you say, and where? <laughs> I was like, well, where is the, where are the stairs? I'm like, and what are the stairs? Isn't it from something? It's from this, um, it's like a, not like a poem or something. At When I worked at Emory at the their performing arts center, they did this Celtic Christmas. Oh. And they'd always yeah. open with this um, woman reciting like a part of a play or a poem or something. And I guess she'd been doing it since she was like eight, but now she's like, in her mid thirties, so it's oh, not wow. cute anymore. But yeah, and like part of it was like, um, she's like exploring like the awe of nature, and she's like, "Oh, but where is the wind? 
And what is the wind? <laughs> <laughs> so I always think of that when you ask questions like that. Yes. Um, but yeah, not not what I was thinking. But it just seems like um, this strange thing. And I've always thought Pontius Pilate is a very interesting character in the gospel and an interesting person because he's like he really uh gives the people like four or five chances not to kill jesus yeah it's like he he's the only one in the in the situation who knows what's actually going on Mm -hmm. without being jewish or like having any like idea of Mm -hmm. christ or yeah he sees he can kind of just naturally see like this man and he's that's what he tells the crowds like i find no fault in this man injustice just (laughs) <laughs> an injustice Thank you. yeah but i think at the end they basically say he said he was a king so what is caesar gonna say when you don't put someone who claims right. to be king to death and that's what they end up doing it um but yeah so i just have been like thinking on that and turning over like what is truth like how does this fit in and that um the gospel doesn't answer it you know like yeah. there's no response from jesus on this what you know and so i was just, i've just been thinking like why is that in there and um how it's, it sounds almost like a modern notion, like who would believe this person 2,000 years ago was like questioning what is truth. But I think philosophy, like all different schools of philosophy basically like address this central question over and over and over again, like what is truth, what is real? And especially like in response to Christ saying, for this I was born and for this I have come into the world to bear witness to the truth. Mm-hmm. Like... That is also after he says, I'm not of this world, and if I were of this world, right, or my, if this my, was in my world, then my servants would come Right, my to kingdom my is aid. not of this world. If it was, my servants would be. Right, um, which I think is really cool. Well, a cool thing about that is he's speaking of um, like a supernatural reality that we cannot see. And that's basically yeah. the whole crucifixion is like um, Christ's crowning as king. But right. It, but it doesn't look like that. It looks like the opposite. So, like, yeah, Pontius Pilate is sort of onto something when he's like, what is truth? Like, right. what is really going on in this situation? Right. Because, I mean, he's, like, he- hearing what at face value is, like, nonsense. Like, I'm not of this world. My kingdom is not of this mm-hmm. world. And servants would come, and I come to bear witness to the truth. And he's like, what is truth? Because this is all I want to know more. Yeah. You know, and like, what is this like world that you, this other world that you speak of? Yeah. You know, it's just really interesting. Yeah. And I think, um, kind of, go ahead. For, for Pilate to come in front of such like majesty and such glory to then ask questions coming from like this pagan place to be like, I recognize there's something going on here and to like ask. And he asked him like, are you the king of the Jews? Right. And so it's almost like he's. He's performing the part that the crowds are supposed to be doing. Like, are you our king? Yeah. Are you, um, like, what is truth? Right. And it's just sort of he's, you know, he's not part of this culture, but he can kind of just see, like, there's something here. Exactly. And it was, and that's just interesting, because when I was thinking about this, um, like, Jesus's purpose to come into the world is to bear witness to the truth, and, like, Jesus's purpose is the same as our purpose. And Pilate's response response is kind of like the world's response. Right. You know, like what is this? Yeah, if we are if our mission is to bring the truth of the gospel to to the world, 
their response should naturally kind of be like, what is truth? Right. Like that's the, and that, you know, invites us to, um, engage in that mission and in that encounter. Right. Yeah. And I think, um, what makes it tricky today, especially is that, um, I don't think people, or at least less so today, people aren't really searching out truth and the whole like notion of what is true kind of has become something that's subjective rather right. than being like an objective truth. It is. And it's like, um, instead of asking, instead of having the natural response of like, what is truth to, in response to, um, you know, the, I don't want to keep saying majesty, but that's just the word that keeps coming sure. to mind, um, to the majesty of the church and of Christ here. It's that they're like numb to it. They're not like in awe of it anymore because they've o- they've overseen it. Like it's been over, um, they've almost been like overexposed. So they're not so much like. Uh, yeah, I think, and I think Pope Francis used, has kind of not coined this term, but he's used it that they've been inoculated to the faith. They've like received a weaker version of it. Yes. And they've become kind of immune to it. Like what happens with a, right. you know a immunization. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, it's like a pretty literal metaphor, but it works. Yeah. Um, yeah, which is just not okay. But uh, <laughs> but that's what the new evangelization is. It's like mm-hmm. re-evangelizing the baptized and, yeah. and the ones who don't really. But I think part of the problem is, is that the church can say, this is the truth. And the reaction is, yes, but what about other truths? Or yeah, I don't is. I don't acknowledge that as a truth. Right. And I think, um, I don't, again, I don't think there's anything new. I think it's been um, new in the sense of, like, since, you know, the 1700s of people kind of wanting to discern their own truth and that sort of hum- human experience becomes the sole arbiter of truth. Like, truth right. is what I experience. Mm-hmm. And, um, because it's Descartes. Yeah. A little bit. Sorry, of that I'm, getting a little, I'm getting a little lofty <laughs> over here. But I think you've, you've brought up Descartes before. I have like three facts I know. It yeah. industri- what was it? Industrial Revolution. <laughs> Descartes and uh, Gnosticism. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's, <laughs> That's why Holly things. always steers it back to those. Um, but yeah, Descartes kind of founded the thought of um, thinking and knowing as sort of existence rather than existing out in the world exactly like we have personhood individuality existence because we can think Mm -hmm. um but recently um one of my older relatives posted um something on facebook and it was an obvious not real quote that was ascribed to pope francis that Uh, those are floating around which is really frustrating and they're old they're like from like a year ago and people like repost them and it was like if you thought about it for more than two seconds, it's like, there's no way he said that. And it was basically like, had a picture of Pope Francis and it said something like, uh, traditional notions of religion are outdated and someone can be a good person without even believing in God. And, uh, I don't, I don't like to, um, <laughs> get involved in debates or be confrontational on Facebook much at all, just cause I don't think it's super helpful, but like, all right, this person is my relative. I should at least say something. Right. So I, um, I posted a link to the Snopes article that debunked oh, right. that picture, 
or that quote and then just said, don't believe everything you read on the internet. Like, trying to be funny, but also, <laughs> like, don't be dumb. Look into things before you repost it. And one of her, I guess one of her friends commented on it and said, um, yeah, people always post that Snopes article in response to this, but I prefer to just believe, get what I want to from that and not worry about it. And it's like, are you... No, you do can't you do that. Not, do you do that with, like, your doctor? Like, oh, I know he said I should lay off, you know, the butter and salt, but I didn't... I like to hear him say that I'm doing healthy, and I'm going right. to take that. I'm, that's what I'm going to get from it. But I feel like that's what a lot of people, their approach to the world is. Like, how can I fit this experience or this thing in front of me into what I am doing or feeling and make that my truth? Mm-hmm. And there's, like... There's a lot of um, feelings, like basing truth on feelings. And Mm -hmm. like, this must make me feel, if this makes me feel good, it must be true. Mm -hmm. True for me. True for me. I feel like that's the real distinction is that Mm -hmm. we're now at a point where like, this is true for me. Like we're somehow cognitively okay with saying two things are true for different people. Like our friend uh, Will is a teacher at a Catholic school and he is teaching... Oh, shoot. I don't remember exactly what. But he was talking with him about this similar topic and was like... The class is on death and dying. Death and dying. Thank you. And he was talking to them about, like, objective truth and how, like, um, a lot of people can say, like, I'm just going to do what's good for me that doesn't hurt anyone else. As long as it doesn't hurt anyone else, then it's okay. And, like, he asked the kids to, like, raise their hand if they, understood, if they like, agreed with that and, like, did something else with the other side. I don't remember. But most people agreed with, like, yeah, as long as it doesn't hurt anyone else and if it makes you feel okay, then, like, go ahead and do it. And he was like, okay, great. I'm going to go uh, smoke a crack. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go smoke a big bag of crack. What is it? A pipe? A pipe, I guess. Yeah, I'm I don't know. Yeah, go um, smoke a crack. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. Holly can never be like an undercover informant. No. You guys got any cracks to smoke? <laughs> but he's going to go do that uh, back here. See you guys later. We're like, they all were like, well, of course that's wrong. He's like, but that doesn't hurt anyone else. It's just for me. It makes me feel great, mm-hmm. you know? So his point was made. And that's always really, he told us that like a couple weeks ago. And that's always really stuck with me, the picture of how that logic just doesn't make sense. Right. It's either bad or something is, or, okay, I won't say it's either bad or it's good, but, like, in a situation, there's a, a, an objective truth you can arrive at. And I think to, like, try to get there, try to look at what the objective truth is, I had to double check if objective was the right one, um, is to, like, look at the bigger picture. Like, yeah, crack me. Sorry. <laughs> no, run with it. We've committed to the crack metaphor. We really got to stick with it. <laughs> if crack makes you feel good for like a second, it means nothing because then you're addicted to it. It really harms your body. Like it, in the big picture, it is obviously bad. But for those like, I don't know, 10 minutes, <laughs> you feel good after smoking crack. <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, then if you only are looking at those 10 minutes, then yes, this is good. But you have to look at the at the bigger picture. And that's the, the same as with that situation as it would be for marriage. Like you have, But you have to look even at this wider scope, which I think is... I have um, 
I'll play devil's advocate. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, I'm going to lose. <laughs> Pretty much. No, but what would you, how would that argument hold up if someone were to um, propose a situation where there's not a noticeable negative effect? Where, like, crack, like, yes, that is physically harmful. What if there was something that was spiritual harmful that w- you wouldn't, that would not have a immediate effect that you could demonstrate? Like, oh, what happens if I just skip mass one week? Like, you couldn't, you're not going to be struck dead the following Monday. So what would you say to someone like that? Um, well, um, I'm not, I'm not trying to, no, I know. to trip you up, but I'm saying I think that's, um, well, because, because well, another thing is what is real. And I think there's a distinction between what we can perceive and what is real just with even within the sacraments, like just looking at baptism someone has some words said and water sprinkled on their head they still look the same now as they did before they were baptized well to answer your scenario i would say that like it's not really looking back at the big picture to say like that that one time missing mass is going to equal negative results in the end what you have to do though is look at the bigger picture of like why am i going to mass is it because i love christ or is it because it's convenient to my schedule and if it's not because I, I love Christ, then you're not going to mess for the right reasons in the first place. So that's the real issue that needs to be talked about. So yeah. it's a similar big picture. I think so. But what if, if you someone was saying you are saying it is the truth that you should go to mass every Sunday, and that it's bad. The truth is it is bad not to go to mass. So where if I don't go to mass and nothing different happens to me, how can that be true? If if this were like a non-christian or a non-catholic i don't i'm not sure i'm well, on the spot here and i don't <laughs> I know. know well i think the answer lies in like understanding the reality that because like with Pilate, the truth he he knew there was something beyond what he was seeing like yes. he knew there was a truth there that he wasn't seeing like there's this person they want him dead uh, he has done nothing wrong there's something here and like that i'm not getting there's right. a there is a reality and a truth here that i'm not seeing and so he digs for it mm-hmm. and i think um you know if someone doesn't believe there's sort of any life outside of material for them they could be convinced that you know it's true that not going to mass is not detrimental yes uh, my, my point is that like we've gotten to the point where um we've become so, I don't know, like attached to subjective truth and being our own um, mediators of truth Mm -hmm. that it's like very difficult for someone who has no basis of that truth. I think, yeah, I, that comes down to also that like mass isn't about the individual. Mm -hmm. Like just, it's too, I know this is like too focused in on your hypothetical scenario, but mass isn't about the individual person in the first place. So it's not really for you in the first place. So there's no good for you in mass. I mean, the Eucharist and all those things are good for you, but the purpose of mass is to glorify God. Mm-hmm. And so you're not glorifying. You're not being a part of the global church whenever mm-hmm. you don't attend mass because you're not participating in glorifying the God that you serve. So that's, it's not an individual situation. It needs to be a communal situation in the fir- in the first place. Mm-hmm. But it's when people get too focused on the individual, yeah. that they miss out on the point of mass. Good. That's, that's a good answer. Dun. I think 
here's here's a better oh, answer. No, 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 here's a better answer is that grace freely given by God enables us to see reality for what it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I'm, I think that's what it is. Like that's you know, for someone who's, you know, an outside observer doesn't doesn't know what's going on at mass. Doesn't know what's going on in the life of a Christian. They may, you know, pick up on things like, oh, they're happy all the time or they um their family is really loves one another. But to in the face of kind of mounting opposition saying like this is not true, this is not true, I think they're, you know, we need grace to see past those lies. Okay. Okay. So you're saying like, um, if a non-Christian or non-Catholic were to come to me and oppose that, mm-hmm. they should be able to not go to mass whenever because there's no ne- negative mm-hmm. effect that you can't really respond because they don't understand what mass is in the first place yeah, because it, they're not Catholic. It'd, it'd be like trying to tell Pontius Pilate, like, this guy's a king and he's about to ascend to his throne. Right. When he's, he, Pontius knows When he's he king. rises from the dead. Then, yeah. And he's like, yeah. what? And I think that little glimmer of, like, what is truth, I think this is uh, total speculation and not sound theological or scriptural reasoning, but, like, I think just being in the presence of Christ, you know, there's grace in that mm-hmm. as well. And that he's able to kind of touch, tap into that um, sacramental reality that lies underneath. Well, because sacra- I mean, sacrament, in its definition is, like, the something that is... Uh, visible that speaks to the invisible so just christ being next to you is is a sacrament in itself because it is the visible of an invisible god it's the points where grace pours into our lives yeah um oh that's cool can we just (laughs) can we just sit with that for a second (laughs) because that's cool yeah that like this pagan king got you know basically spent an hour in like Super, not adoration. Super but, sacrament. Yeah, but like in the presence of God made flesh. And I think, and then that question, what is truth? I think it's just like a little bit of grace slipping in. Yeah. Not, I mean. He couldn't it, even it, help it. It could have been rejected afterward, but I think, you know, and that's what, as sort of, and I, I always feel like that's a cop-out answer. Like, well, people just need grace and they'll understand. But like, I think that's really what it takes in, you know, because a lot of times it doesn't make sense. And that's why... Yeah. Um, well, it's, a, it's the Holy Spirit. It's like for the disciples, they didn't get anything until they had the Holy Spirit. Yeah, and they, they loved Jesus and tried to follow him as best right. as they could. Um, I think that's one reason that I love Fanny O'Connor's writing so much, is that like in her... like in in writing about her work, she always says, like, people say that, like, I write these crazy, gruesome... Um, distorted stories I'm just depicting reality mm-hmm. and like for her I think she was very in touch with um, the way the world really is like the sacramental reality and I think of it as like um, St. Paul's uh, metaphor of like a glass darkly comes to mind like it looks distorted because we're not really understanding it yeah yeah and it looks crazy and violent like Fanny O'Connor's, like, literary world is, like, crazy and violent, and there's all these, like, character-ish characters who mm-hmm. are, like, just totally crazy and, like, one-sided. Um, and there's all this violence and blood and death, and, like, from, like, looking at Salvation history, there's a lot of violence and blood and death, and mm-hmm. it doesn't seem to build to anything. And the crucifixion was a guy 
being executed pretty much. Right. We're like, this is the single greatest thing to happen to humanity since we were made. Yeah. I was thinking the other day about the, I was comparing, just in my head, you know, for fun, comparing uh, the Chronicles of Narnia versus Lord of the Rings Mm -hmm. and thinking about how, like, I used to be so frustrated that, like, C.S. Lewis did such a better job of depicting Christ in Chronicles of Narnia that's, like, so much more uh, understandable and relatable. And It's like a direct analog. Yeah. Or a direct analogy. In the Chronicles of Narnia versus the Lord of the Rings, where, like, C.S. Lewis was not Catholic and J.K., no, J.R.R. Tolkien, Tolkien, uh, was. And so I was like, man, I wish that he could have done a better job or, like, you know, just sent a better message. But then after watching the Lord of the Rings most recently mm-hmm. and understanding my faith a lot more, like, seeing the, like, the pure evil that Tolkien created... Like, it, like, struck a nerve with me. Like, it made me so angry. I hated them so the much. Orcs the orcs. The orcs. Yeah. <laughs> like, I despised them so much more than the, like, abstract evil that well, was... Who isn't she, like, the Snow Queen or something? Or yeah. Or the White like, Queen in, in Narnia? Yeah. And so, like, that kind of, like, spoke to my, like, growth within the Catholic Church and something that I really do love about the Catholic Church, what you were saying about Flannery, that there's, like, this grasp of reality. Mm-hmm. That, like, there is pure evil in the world and that it is the absence of God. Mm -hmm. And that is bad. Like, that is really, really bad. Mm -hmm. And we need to, we need to understand that fully. We need to address the situation that it is bad. Yeah. And that it causes death and that it is, it is currently causing death and we need to, we need to wage war with it. Mm -hmm. You know, like, it needs to, it needs to strike us in our hearts to say, like, that is terrible and it's an injustice and it needs to be squashed. <laughs> <laughs> Better squash that beef quick. <laughs> but like that, that is truth. That the reality is truth. It, mm-hmm. it sucks and it's really tough. But like the truth is, is that there is evil going on. Yeah. That there are people being beheaded in the Middle East. Like mm-hmm. it is terrible stuff, but we have to address it. You can't avoid mm-hmm. it. It's just the way that it is. Yeah. And I think small disclaimer, there are, I, there aren't people who are just like inherently evil. I think there are people who um, are sort of co-opted by evil. I think they believe the lies. Yeah, and it and it can it can manifest itself in sort of you know militant violence, but it could also manifest itself in um, kind of a a softer rebellion. You know, like complacency, complacency, or like focusing on um, material things, or it it manifests itself in different ways Mm -hmm. but that's kind of like what we're called to to fight against and to try to bring the truth into the world right and that's kind of a question i've been thinking of is how do we live how do we pursue truth how do we (laughs) (laughs) how do we pursue oh my goodness how How do do we pursue truth in our own lives in our daily lives thank you it's hard to say oh i know don't worry um yeah what do you well, do you have uh, an answer? Um, well, I didn't know that was a question. <laughs> oh, yeah. I said it's a question I've been thinking of. Yeah, so I thought you were going to use like a thing. No, I let you answer it incorrectly, and then I give you the right answer. <laughs> Just kidding. Hey, you're doing Okay, fine. thanks. thanks. Ooh, your sweater's soft. I know. I really <laughs> like this sweater. <laughs> uh, um, I was so excited because I thought I lost it. <laughs> but I found it. This morning. Yeah. Um, 
Okay, so how do we pursue truth in our own lives? Mm -hmm. Well, I think that we need to shape our moral conscience, Mm -hmm. which we had already thought about talking about this um, before, but this morning our priest was talking about, like, he was, like, laying it down (laughs) today during this homily. talked a lot about truth and moral conscience and what, what was the thing that he read from? Uh, I was the Jack, com- yeah, Jack, Jack, was Jack had back. an acorn in the back and all the <laughs> other kids wanted the acorn and it was just total there was like it was there was like t- six or seven children in the back and it was just total pandemonium because they were oh all God. trying to get this I was gonna say pandemonium were you yeah that's so funny that's what it was like so I, I did not hear much of the homily yeah I mean, even up front I was like near the front of the church and I could hear all the kids in the back <laughs> it was crazy back there um anyway our priest was talking about all of this and he was talking about how our, our moral conscience needs to be formed with Christ and like just conforming our will to his and to let that inform our moral conscience. And I read the other day that like, I think it was in the theology, we, Daniel and I are both reading the theology of the body for beginners. <laughs> <laughs> Start small. You know what? Hey, we also read Bible Basics for Catholics by John Bergsma. Great I book. Learned so much. So, so I'm really, and I, yeah. I'm like in the middle of chapter one. (laughs) (laughs) Very beginning. But I'm feeling great about it. (laughs) (laughs) So far, so good. Um, Shoot, what was the thing? Oh, that, so like, we talk about freedom from the law, and that's not freedom from rules, or like freedom from any kind of moral conscience. Mm -hmm. It's freedom from the law in that we no longer have to think about, like, you don't have to tell someone, don't murder your best friend. Mm Mm-hmm. Because you're just not gonna, you're not really inclined to do that in the first place, so you don't have to be told that. So if you have freedom from the law, it's that it's so ingrained on, into your heart that you're free to just do what, to just do, do what you yeah. will because your will is conformed to Christ, mm-hmm. and like that is the beauty of freedom from the law. And so to pursue truth in our own lives, we need to to build our relationship with Christ to be as closely united to him so that our will is as closely conformed to him so Mm -hmm. we don't have to question the morals like every day yeah is this right is this wrong it's kind of like you build up a a habit of it and knowing the difference Mm -hmm. and i think that is one thing i remember hearing from his homily is that um how do you train your conscience and he said the big thing is just prayer and staying staying close to the lord someone said that phrase earlier this week and i was like i haven't heard someone say that Recently. Staying close to the Lord? Yeah, like, and kind of, like, living their life, like, I th- someone had asked them a question about what they were doing in the future, and they're like, I don't know, just this and that, and just staying close to the Lord, seeing where he oh, leads me. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, and, like, that's that's what you got to do. Like, you need it's to true. stay close to the Lord through prayer and um, participation in the sacraments and and sharing your love for the Lord in a community that's united by mm-hmm. love for God. And I think those kind of things help you to um, focus your eyes towards seeing the truth. So right. I, I think a good example is sort of um, like homeless people. Like it's very easy, um, especially if it's like a commonplace occurrence, to just kind of ignore them and be like, oh, it's just someone living on the street. Mm-hmm. But like when you're tuned to the truth and sort of the sacramental reality, you understand that as like that is a child of God, like a mm-hmm. loved person who is sitting down there who needs help. Right. And I think that's um, more of like a tangible example, but like when you're more focused and attuned and open to um, 
to doing God's will and to loving as God loves, it sort of comes easier and comes it does, more naturally. More naturally. And it's also just doing those things. Right. Um, practice makes perfect. Practice makes perfect. <laughs> <laughs> That's what you get from making fun of me misspeaking. Practice makes perfect. Um, yeah, and another aspect of it. <laughs> what? I said that wrong. I know. <laughs> I said it wrong. <laughs> um, is kind of... What do you do when you're presented with someone who, um, not directly, but just says, I think we have different truths or like yeah. a situation. And that works it, for you, but it doesn't really work for me. Well, and a lot of times when people, people really like to, um, tell other people things and then like get them to agree immediately. Mm-hmm. Like, oh yeah, well I backed into this guy, but I just had to go and the kids are screaming and I just had to go, you know, like what else was I going to do? Yeah. And they just oh. want you to say like, oh yeah, I know. Or like. They just want affirmations. They do. And so, like, in those situations, how do you how do you pursue the truth and ha- try to help them to see the truth of the situation without pushing them away? Yeah. Because people get very attached to their own truth. And even, like, you and I, when we um, get in arguments sometimes, like, at the end we realize, like, you were trying to tell me about my something self that I didn't want to hear. Right. Like, oh, maybe, you know, I should spend less time doing this. And And, you know, you and I love each other, but when we're faced with letting go of ourselves we get like kind of nasty and we're mm-hmm. like i don't want that why are you trying to hurt me a little defensive <laughs> <laughs> exactly <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh um but so how do you how do you do that how do you um live out the truth lovingly and caringly and that's the thing and um archbishop shep you i'm not gonna say he's the world's best archbishop but he's oh, he's, <laughs> he's pretty good he's very good um wrote i guess it was an article or something recently i read from him is that he said you can um you can be truthful without being merciful but you cannot be merciful without being truthful so and basically saying like you can't it's not merciful to tell someone a lie or it's to not. not or to not help them pursue the truth so how do you how do you do that, Holly? Oh. Tell me how do you do that? Well, it's really hard. Yeah. And, and again, knowing that kind of grace and Jesus is the key to um, to seeing that. Real quick. Oh, sorry. Well, can you hold it? Okay. okay I can hold it. Because I'm, <laughs> I'm not good at remembering my thoughts. Okay. So I remember, and I've said this, said this before, our friend Lauren one time told us, told us this story about that guy that she met at Trader Joe's, or he like worked at Trader Joe's, and they talked about all of his like grievances with the church but she just like listened and she asked the right questions Mm. and like being able to listen to people is like number one treating them as people loving them as people loving them where they are and listening to them is like number one but then being able to challenge them with the right like seeing the truth behind what they're saying and pointing that out and saying like but i don't just talk to your example like what do you think, like, just to ask them, what do you think happened to that man after you left? Mm. You know, might, like, convict them to say, I don't know, hopefully an ambulance got to him. <laughs> this is I, terrible. <laughs> no, backed into a car, not a person. He said a person, a guy. Backed into someone. Like, yeah, their person. car. No, just their car. <laughs> no, if they do that, you tell them, go back. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, just an extreme example. No. <laughs> um, but, well, okay, that's a little bit different. <laughs> 
You could say, like, how do you think he's going to pay for that now that you didn't, mm-hmm. that you just left and didn't leave your insurance information or something like that. Yeah, it's, and gently kind of asking those questions. And right. also, um, I think I think asking questions is great because that's kind of what um, the conversation between Jesus and Pilate, like, yeah. he's saying, are you a king? You say that I'm a king. And, like, but here's the, like, it's a, it's a conversation. And then, and then. I think that's key. It's a conversation. It's not one-sided. Yes. Because you can't start it by saying, like, right. I know better than you. Yeah. And if you go into it saying, I am right, this person is wrong, and I'm going to bestow truth, I'm going to drop truth bombs on them, that's not, you know, that's not going to be fruitful. And right. that's not... Um, not for anyone, because it's, tr- it's not fruitful for you either. Mm-hmm. That's not helping you grow in right. hearing other, and loving other people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so... Yeah, I guess just like talking and being open and um, not compromising on the truth. I think it's really easy in those situations where it's just like, oh, yeah, what are you going to do? Right. Um, Agree to disagree. Yeah, but just saying like, oh, that's interesting. Like, I don't see it that way. Or asking, well, what about this? And mm-hmm. just asking a question I think sometimes can help them think about it further. Or just mm-hmm. seeing people, pe- people seeing you committed to the truth and saying like, um, like, at, when I was at my old job, people would always be like, oh, you're so nice. You're so honest. And it was almost like, I want to be like, you guys can be nice and honest, too. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, you, like, I was telling someone about, like, how I got on a train and they didn't ask for my ticket. So, But then I was later oh, like, right. oh, I need to buy a ticket. And they're like, oh, like, you would do that. And just, like, but I think people may kind of bristle at that and be mm-hmm. like, what were you trying to prove? Like, they know. Like, through seeing you committed to the truth, they kind of know that there's value in that. Right. Because you, you have a relationship with them. They know you. Mm-hmm. So it's not like you're not just this pompous guy who's coming around bragging about... Paying for train tickets. <laughs> <laughs> right. But I think uh, before you were talking about, like, if... Like, what if you guys are butting heads so much and, like, neither of you are really budging mm-hmm. at all? And you're, like, if it gets to the point where, like, they are no longer listening to you or you feel yourself getting really argumentative or, like getting to a place where it's bad. I think that it's okay for you to, for one to say in that situation, like, Hey, I don't want to get into a debate with you right now. I, but I really would appreciate it if we both stepped away and thought about what the other has said. And then if we still have questions, we can bring it back to each other later. Mm-hmm. Cause I think that that's important that like, yes, you can also like, they see that you're committed to the truth, but you also need to recognize that they are committed to their truth too. And you don't want to this isn't a, a battle to be won. Mm-hmm. It is to listen to the other. And I hope, like, sometimes you can get so much into, like, I'm arguing with this person and I must prove my point to the yeah. best extent. Like, but you also have to let, let some things go without compromising the truth. Yeah. Like, okay, we're not going to, we're not going to get anywhere today. Mm-hmm. But I hope that you take what I said and really listen and, like, really think about it yeah. in a, in an open light, like, to, to open yourself to, to listening to what I had said. And I think um, asking questions that require someone to search out truth, like, oh, well, what about this? Or like, oh, isn't it kind of obvious if you see these things, wouldn't that? Mm -hmm. Or just like kind of pressing them, like, where do you arrive at that situation? Mm -hmm. Like, if we're talking about backing into someone's car, like, oh, well, and this sounds kind of like a jerky thing to say, but like, how is how did you determine your time is more valuable than this person's car? You know, mm-hmm. not saying it that way, but like, oh, I wonder if that person was late for work because they had to figure out who had their, you know, mm-hmm. something that, or if it's someone is saying, I don't need to do this because I, who is this person to tell me that? Like, 
oh well where do you where do you get this idea that you know you're in charge of this aspect of something like i don't need to pay my taxes because i don't believe in whatever the governor's doing like oh well you know do you partake do you, in our parks program? Right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> We're just asking, like, well, do you, you know, there's other aspects of your life where you don't do that. How do mm-hmm. you? So I think, yeah, asking questions and just and genuinely seeking to, like, accompany this person in pursuing the truth. Cause, right. Because the truth. That, that is key, to accompany this person in pursuing the truth. Mm-hmm. I just wanted to take a second <laughs> Thank you. and expand on that because it's good. Because it's, because um, Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. He tells mm-hmm. us that. And so pursuing truth is going to lead to him and to knowing him and to loving him. Mm -hmm. And it is, and he, um, you know, out of his goodness bestows grace upon us to kind of give us a push towards that truth and to see kind of past all the clutter that we sometimes put in the way. Yeah. Yeah. So that is truth. (laughs) Drop some truth. All you, all you philosophy majors can just call (laughs) it quits. Because we have all the answers. We have all the answers. Yeah, Um, right. No, but, yeah, so, good, I'm glad we talked that out. Me too. That's what I always feel, because, um, like, the, the early church fathers would always, like, take, like, half a line of scripture and, like, write giant treatises on it. Oh, gosh, St. Thomas Aquinas. I meant, like, early fathers, like, oh, man. like Cyril of Jerusalem and um, Ignatius of Antioch and those guys. Oh, and yeah, St. Augustine. I'd, I'd totally read all of them. <laughs> <laughs> Anywho, yeah. So thank you, everyone. We'll welcome them, and then we thank them. Yes, it's like they, a dinner thanks party. Thanks for coming. Oh, come on it in. It was so Have great. Some, food, some dessert. Or a little coffee. Thank you. Coffee? Mm-hmm. I wish I could drink coffee after, um, like, after five. I know. Okay. You had a cup yesterday I did. at five. I went, and I went to bed at a reasonable hour. Yeah, you went to bed fine. Fine. I'm going to drink coffee all the time. <laughs> That's a terrible <laughs> idea. Oh. But thank you very much for listening. Yeah. Um, we went a little long again this week. I know. Uh-oh. It's okay. It Uh-oh. was it was worth it. It was really good. So, <laughs> so you're welcome. Um, but Holly actually re- replied to a few emails we hadn't for I a did. while. So we should be all caught up. Um, but last have... week I said a week. And I then know. I did it today. Guys. <laughs> <laughs> to tell them that. Well, I gotta be honest. Oh, I tell true. them the truth. All right. You know. Um, but thank you for listening. If you have any questions or comments or anything, um, feel free to email us at halfwaysaintspodcast at gmail.com. Um, follow us on Twitter at halfway underscore saints. Like us on Facebook. If you just, I mean, we also sometimes post extra things on our Facebook and Twitter, That's pictures true. of uh, uh, pictures of us, <laughs> pictures of what we're doing and things that are going on. So if you haven't followed us yet, um, check us out. Yeah. We're just as awesome online as we are in the podcast. <laughs> Not that awesome. <laughs> <laughs> oh, hey. um, but yeah, thank you yes. very much for listening. Mm-hmm. Have a great week. We're praying for you. Mm-hmm. Please pray for us. Yep. yep. Bye. Bye, everyone. Bye.